The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hey, welcome back, Googleization Nation, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show. Uh, we continue to hope uh, you, your teams, your families are safe, staying healthy. Uh, unfortunately, not uh, good news on a day-to-day -day basis, but hopefully we're going to bring some bright spots, uh, what you can do to prepare for 2020 uh, and uh, get ready to, to grow and thrive despite the uncertainty that we're living in. Uh, we're just a few days away from uh, the election, too, finally. Uh, man, this has been an eternity, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, I was just thinking, thank goodness, enough is enough. Let's just <laughs> button this up and uh, focus on something else. It's just all consuming. It's everywhere. It's everything, everywhere, every day. Yeah, I can't. Uh, hang on a minute. I, guess I just got to switch something. Hopefully it's going to sure. come through here now. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange. Uh, when I talk, it comes through my – when you talk, it comes through the speaker. When I was talking, it was coming through my headset, so – very, very odd. So technology, technology. So yeah, uh, next week this time uh, for next week's show, uh, we'll, I, I don't know if we're going to have a, a new president or we're going to be in the Supreme Court or what's going to happen. It's going to uh, be interesting. One of those. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating week, uh, which sort of leads me to one of the things we want to talk about today. Our guest is going to be Jen Ferguson. Uh, she has a, a company, Sales 911. Uh, uh, and she, but we're but that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, she's got a passion for something that's close to you and me. We, we've been, we've been in this business a while, and so many companies call you or me and say, "Hey, we're looking for a way to find out if somebody fits in our organization." And what they were saying is, we have a round hole, and we're looking for the exact round pegs that fit in there. And then when it comes to talking about diversity, new ideas, innovation, growth, um, there isn't any. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks alike. So uh, Jen talk, is going to be talking about culture ad uh, versus culture fit. So we're excited to, to really have her on. And uh, she's got a, a really, really large, a lot of people that follow her. So uh, thank you, all those who are listening today to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show, especially if it's the first time. Uh, one of the other things, uh, Rebel, maybe you can put up that adaptability uh, slide and, and banner I had. Uh, and then we'll, we're going to jump into, uh, we're, we're going to get uh, Jen on. Uh, but for the last, uh, you probably heard me talk about the last few weeks, I've been really focused on the adaptability quotient. Uh, it's not only an assessment, but it really is a roadmap of what companies, what individuals are going to need to adapt. And the good news about adaptability, it's a skill that people can learn. Uh, we, we talk about things like grit and resilience. Um, 
we talk about uh, mental flexibility, we talked about growth mindset, a lot of those, those uh, conversation pieces, we've actually had uh, guests on. Uh, what the adaptability quotient actually does is put that all into one umbrella. So we measure grit, resilience, mental flexibility, mindset on learning. Uh, we talk about a few character uh, aspects of it, like extroversion, emotional uh, range, uh, motivating style, thinking style, and then what impact your environment has on there. So long story short, we've got a, a master class coming up in just uh, in another week, actually next Wednesday too. Uh, the master class starts uh, right before the show. And uh, it's going to be three consecutive months, uh, first Wednesday of each month for two hours. Uh, you're going to be joined by uh, some other cohorts. Uh, you'll get an opportunity to complete a personalized uh, AQ. If you have five team members, you'll actually get a team report. And uh, we'll make sure that the banner is running across here uh, as, as the show goes on. And I'll make an announcement toward the end. Uh, but adaptability, uh, by, identified by uh, Harvard Business Review, was the number one in-demand skill uh, for the future. They called it the competitive advantage. Uh, World Economic Forum identified it as the number one skill that people are going to need going forward. And that was before the pandemic. That was before uh, we reached uncertainty. That now it's like priority one and has been put on steroids because I, I'm running into people, clients every day are calling me saying their workforce, some of them are having trouble with the pivots from working from home and the adaptability is, or lack thereof, is front and center. Yeah, so absolutely. And then uh, for any listeners today, uh, there's a special code that we're going to be able to, to provide. Uh, but let's jump into it. Uh, we're we're going to also have, uh, as I said, we have our uh, a new segment at the end of the show, not at the end of the show, uh, basically the second segment. Uh, we're going to be featuring uh, Joyce Joya. Uh, she's a good friend of mine for uh, a, a long time. Uh, I've been reading her Herman Report, the Herman Report. Um, I, in fact, I interviewed Joyce and her husband, Roger, her, uh, her unfortunately, he passed away uh, 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 almost 20 years ago, uh, August of 2001. They were on my show and uh, we had an opportunity to and it was two weeks before 9-11. <laughs> Uh, oh, so boy. crazy. So, yeah. So the um, again, she the weekly Herman trend alert that she publishes. Uh, you can go up to the website. She'll she'll give that uh, when we're on the air. But we're going to talk about HR in the new normal or not in the new normal HR in normal 2.0. And the goal is to help everybody stay ahead of the curve. So Joyce will be joining us after the break. Now, let's get to Jen. Uh, Jen Ferguson. Uh, is a founder and uh, I think CEO or president of uh, Sales uh, 911. And uh, her passion, as I said, uh, we're going to be talking about culture ad and culture fit. So uh, hopefully uh, she's joining us now, coming back from the green room. Jen, are you there? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Thank you Perfect. so much for having me. So did I get that right? Are you, you're the founder. Are you CEO yeah. or president? So I never. CEO, founder. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a solopreneur at the moment. So. All, all um, of the above. So yeah, <laughs> but we, we go by lots of titles as well. So yeah. chief, chief sales officer too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I have a, you know, I have a background in sales and leadership that spans over 25 years. Wow. So, um, this I idea. Like of, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I said, you don't look like you have 25 years. You must have started with the grapefruit, the, the uh, juice stand on your front porch. <laughs> well, almost. 
But yeah, <laughs> I, I started my career pretty early. Yeah. Early, pretty early on and and actually looked more like a jungle gym than a ladder. So, um, <laughs> you know, the concept of, you know, culture fit versus ad has been important to me throughout my career because of the way people look at me and how they look at my transferable skills. So this is a topic I talk about frequently as a VIP expert over at Fairy God Boss, as just someone in the sales community trying to bring to light the idea that if you're looking for the culture fit, that from the that Forbes tribal meaning of someone who looks like you, someone who thinks like you, someone who, you know, works like you do and is very much the same. Right. And yeah. when you look at culture ad, it's really what a person brings to the table as opposed to what they lack. So things that are different about them or unique. Um, moms looking to get back into the workforce that may have left the workforce and have those transferable skills that are, are just trying to get back in. And so as you are talking about adaptability, I thought what an amazing segue, because that's one of the things that, you know, people who are a little different are known for having to adapt being, you know, having that adversity of trying to get roles and trying to fit in within organizations where there isn't inclusive cultures and then looking for places where they're going to be celebrated and be able to thrive. So that was a really interesting segue there. Well, we're going to be talking a lot about that and, and everybody. Right? It doesn't matter. You know, uh, we talked before about being a job seeker uh, as well. As, you know, whether you're a candidate, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're uh, leading a company. We're on, I was on a uh, started early this morning uh, with a conference. Uh, I was the keynote virtually, of course. And uh, one of the people was from Nationwide. Uh, she was uh, I can't remember her title, but she was a VP of digital transformation. And right at the end, I mentioned adaptability, and she jumped all over that uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, where they're going of how important adaptability was, uh, you know, in that. Yeah, no, 100%, that ability to be agile and also to take in other um, perspectives, that diversity of thought and being able to look at it from either your customer's point of view, from a different audience's perspective, right? And how do you do that if you have a, a lineup of people who are all the same, right? That impacts the products you're creating with bias. It impacts the, the culture you're cultivating and how your customers experience it. It impacts everything throughout your organization as to the limitations by having an entire collective that might not have that diversity of thought. So, so, so I, again, so companies are looking for people who fit, and that's important when we're talking, I assume, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. I've already got a sense where you're headed. Um, it's still important that people fit within a culture. We're, we're, we're not talking about, hey, forget that. We just need people who can do their jobs. You need to have people who align with your values. You don't necessarily need to have people that fit within your culture. They align with your values and so then bringing out, bringing on people who are different, who bring unique perspectives and bringing something unique to the table has value by giving you that diversity of thought. 
So talk a little bit about the difference, because a lot of companies say, here's our values, and this is the people we need to find. So they they technically are still hiring for values. There's a whole program out there about hiring for values. Uh, how does how do you differentiate culture, values? Yeah, that- um, you know, as soon as you start adding the word culture fit into it, it starts, you start really putting in that unconscious bias because you're looking at where people are gonna fit in within the team, as opposed to where they align from a values perspective, right? And so they, they're they using this idea of culture fit by weaponizing it against people who are different, whether it's age, sex, race, whatever the difference is. If you're not like me, you're not going to fit within our, our space. And so by making sure that a person has the the right values or the values that align with you, but bring something unique to the table, you're looking for people who are different. And that difference will then be able to allow you to have more diversity of thought. And it's that diversity of thought that's going to make you a more uh, productive, collaborative environment that's taking in many perspectives as opposed to just one perspective. Right. across an organization. So when, when Mike and I, I mean, I, I, when we talk about values, it goes all over the place. So yeah. you, know, you certainly have faith-based organizations, you have leadership or you, you have political organizations, you have organizations that have a certain cause or a passion, you know, whether it's Planned Parenthood. Um, and Mike and I have used an assessment for a, a, a while. It's a kind of a business motivators. And what it does is it looks at personal interests. It used to be called personal interests, attitudes, and values. So, uh, but it, it took it much further than that. And it looked at are, are you as an individual motivated by money, power, learning, community? Uh, one of them was called doctrine. And that doctrine uh, is, a, is a strong belief in something. And it was very interesting early on. Uh, I one of my first very first clients was a Christian radio station. And I'm, I'm not Christian, but I supported what they did. I supported their values. And they wanted to hire people who fit their culture, who felt passionate about it. The problem is the people who felt most passionate about it were also narrow minded. <laughs> they were so focused. It was like anybody who didn't believe what they believed in wasn't good enough to belong. Yeah. So let me give you an example, right? So I was acknowledged as a women in sales by Sales Hacker just this month. And I received a T-shirt, which I was very grateful for, very happy. And the, the logo on the back of the shirt said up and to the right. And up to the right, to me, reminds me of the 90s of people who are looking up and to the right are not necessarily telling the truth. I think that's been debunked since. But I asked all of that, the women all, I knew. That, that's NLP stuff. I, rem- I Yeah, you're ringing yeah, bells in my yeah. head that go way, way back. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, show, I'm showing my 25 years now, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, some uh, it, what they meant was a growth chart. Mm-hmm. Okay, but none of the women I spoke to acknowledged that, like that that day that I was asking everyone. Since then on LinkedIn, you know, some people said that's what it means. But, you know, a lot of them thought it was something more graphic. Some people thought it was the right, like politics, the right. Mm. And so all of those thoughts, while sales hackers sending out something that, you know, they believe is about growth, 
all of the different perspectives that they hadn't considered had all come into play during that conversation. And it's that that narrow minded thinking of not necessarily including all of the the perceptions that would be out there for that particular brand. Now, they didn't do anything wrong. They just, you know, hadn't considered that other people would view it a different way. So imagine that going into products. Let's say you were making a product and unconsciously you put in a perception into the product that was very limiting, right? Now your product has bias into it. So having this diversity of thought within an organization allows you to bring different unique perspectives to the table. Maybe I was the only one who thought up into the right was going to be, you know, I should check someone's eyes, you know, whether they're lying or, you know, seeing where their eyes go, whether it's memory recall or not. The thing is, nobody had ever told them that. And nobody had ever considered that there was a different definition of up into the right. And it's that unique perspective that many organizations need. And by looking for people who bring something different and you don't know what that, you know, you can look at everything that's sort of below the surface because we know when you're looking at someone, right, there's everything above the surface of the iceberg, Mm -hmm. right? You can see what I look like, you know, some general things about me without necessarily looking at my resume. You don't maybe know, you know, whether I graduated college or all the other things, what my faith is, what I believe in, what, um, you know, how I identify, all of those things that you don't know. That's why looking for people who are different, you get these diverse perspectives that allow you to build better products, to have more collaborative, different ideas in teams, and you're, you'll be able to be more productive for it, as well as more profitable, as most studies show. So like, can I jump in and ask a question, Jen? Because yeah. it's, it's, it's a, and, and I'm being devil's advocate because... I knew it so well. Uh, so you want someone, you want to get diversity in the workforce and, and various viewpoints on things. How much is too much? Is it, Or is there a, such a thing as too much where someone can have such a divergent point of view that they disrupt things in a negative way and creates more harm than good? Or is that not an issue? Well, it depends on the personalities within an organization. I mean, from, from the top of the company, you have to be open. How open are they to different ideas? How, how open are they to pushing the status quo? How far are they willing to push the status quo? You know, there's a book that I love called Rebel Talent, where it talks about, you know, what someone who is a natural status quo pusher brings Mm -hmm. to an organization that will actually help propel them forward with these different ideas. Yeah, you don't want to bring someone in disruptive, but if you're giving everyone an opportunity to be heard and you're managing people as a whole person, you know, like everything about them, what inspires them, what motivates them, what they want their future to look like, what success looks like for them and actually support them in in those efforts, they support you in your efforts you create a more collaborative environment, more open. Did that answer your question? Yeah, so so it's basically it's set that like many other things, the tone is set at the top. And if you've got a leader or a leadership team that encourages various viewpoints uh, and, and divergent thinking, then that's gonna open the door wider 
to foster the growth of people who may be coming into the organization who are out there on the periphery compared to someone who's, you know, change averse and they don't want anything disrupted. It's going to be more challenging to implement that divergent viewpoint across the organization. Exactly. So if you have an organization that's open to let's let's break some stuff so that we can fail fast and move quick and or are you an organization that is you know i sort of want things the way i want them and i don't necessarily want to break too much stuff i mean not that there there's a, a significant difference right and that adaptability right so taking it back to your adaptability study and really preparing for the end of 2020, 2021, and going into where you're going to be able to push the status quo to have growth. Is it going to be the people who are, everyone is the same, or is it going to be the diverse people who are going to bring that diversity of thought? Is it going to be the culture fit or the culture ad that's going to help you push the status quo? Well, it, the culture ad is going to be the, the accelerant, I would I would imagine, because that's going to take you beyond where you've been operating up till this point. Yeah, so, so you know, it, it aligns perfectly with what, what you guys are talking about now yeah. with that adaptability. Right. It's those people who have always been pushing to sort of get in the door, get into, you know, break the glass ceiling to move into organizations, into leadership roles that have been barred from it because either they're not being considered because they're not the right fit or because, you know, when you're looking at different people, sometimes for men, you know, it's studies have proven, you'll look at them as what's possible as opposed to sometimes women where you look at them based on Mm -hmm. entirely on experience. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to look to push the boundaries, what do you think you need? A culture fit or a culture ad? Right. So, Jen, you mentioned a little bit ago, you know, if if your boardroom, I mean, from leadership at the top, if your boardroom has 10 or 15 people around the room all looking like me, um, some with maybe more hair, but basically <laughs> all white men over 60 years old, that's a problem. I, you know, I've often said, and I got criticized for this. I said, I'm the, I, I can talk about diversity and inclusion and equity, but I'm the worst. I, I've, I, I can give examples of challenges that I've had, religion, my height, um, whatever it might be. But the reality is, is I've never walked in the shoes of somebody of, of, of a black male. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. And until recently, uh, it, 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 it got exposed. I mean, because no one, no one was willing to talk about it. I don't know if you saw this is us last night, you know, the new show, but, uh, it was basically how, um, you know, one of the characters for 40 years, his spelling writer, his 40th birthday said his whole life, no one wanted to talk about it and they were embarrassed to talk about it, but it goes for all things. It goes for whether you're, you're tall or short, uh, fat or slim, whether you're male or female, everybody had these issues and if there's anything that we're seeing now is finally it's 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 going out in the open and 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 there's so much so much value that can be added rather than trying to get that you know round peg to the round hole yeah exactly and that's why you know i do these types of events specifically to create that awareness 
mm-hmm. because the only way to do that is to reach out to male allies and CEOs and make sure that they understand that those ads, you know, as long as they have the skills, you know, it's easy to look at a person and say, hey, you don't have this or find the gaps or the lacks. But what are they bringing to the table that's unique while still possessing the skills? Right. It, right. it goes back to that anonymous, um, you know, the, the, almost an anonymous interview, you know, being exactly. able to have that. Yeah, to go back to. So you mentioned you started off talking about transferable skills. I don't know how far back you went into my background, but I, you know, my first career, I was a dentist. I mean, I, I took a, a pre-med path all the way through, had a successful practice for 17 years. When I left, the question was, is what do you know about running a business? How can you consult on this? So I, you're going to consult dental practices, right, right? And I said, no, I fired them all. I didn't want to do that. Uh, they, were, they weren't willing to adapt to a, to a new world. That was 25 years ago. Uh, the reality is, is I had critical thinking skills. Um, I knew how to run a business. Uh, I knew how to build teams. Uh, I knew how to deliver good customer service. All, all I understood, I understood uh, technologies. Uh, and I go, uh, how do you take this and get, well, what do you know about my industry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still, it still happens. You know, I, I hear you. I mean, a, a good bulk, half of my background is in retail and uh, like general management of businesses, right? So uh, cigar bars, managing, you know, a restaurant, a uh, cigar club, retail stores. So being That's able tough. to calculate the dollars per square foot, right? Comparatively to business acumen. scalable, <laughs> scalable SaaS revenue model is literally the same thing. Or how about liquor inventory compared to a SaaS scalable model? But they don't necessarily consider any of my background before I actually entered into SaaS. So yeah. if you look at me, I've, you've got 10 years SaaS experience, your first you know, decade doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And it's funny because that's where I actually manage the largest teams, you know, teams of 50 people and more in retail. And so it, the idea that these transferable skills don't apply to other industries is, is, is a little yeah. silly because right. it's that, that business acumen it is that strategic thinking is being able to manage all, a whole business without trying to figure out what it is to get it to the next level and get it forward. So what, we're, we're coming up on the end of our segment here. We got a yeah. few minutes. What is the one, what's the one thing if somebody says, I get it, I hear you, I'm ready to move forward. What's the, what's the first thing you would suggest someone does who's listening to ma- start making this change from culture fit to culture ad? Yeah, I would take a hard look at your your hiring practices and what your interview practices actually look like. I would go through and, um, you know, if you're not recording those interviews, sometimes those hiring managers from an executive level really digging into what that experience looks like. Because honestly, the experience, the employee experience starts at the very, very beginning. And that's when you submit an application and understanding what that looks like through the whole process is super important to finding to finding out what an experience looks like for someone who might be a culture ad. But additionally, you know, you can hire all the culture ads, but if you're not creating an inclusive environment mm-hmm. where their voice is going to be heard and they're going to be able to have that ability to thrive, 
they're really going to just leave. You mean just putting a few tokens around the table doesn't do yeah, it? Yeah, that's not, <laughs> not going to work. You know, you have to give them, you know, the opportunity to share their thoughts and, you know, give give them as much time as everyone else and be actually inclusive. You know, I've got an article I wrote on it for uh, the sales community at um, sassales.io. Um, I'm a premium author for them. And um, I'm also in Fairy God Boss, so you can sure. find me on LinkedIn if you have any questions. I actually do a sales and leadership with heart series on LinkedIn Live every Tuesday at noon Eastern. So you can catch yeah. me there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Fairy God Boss, uh, we had, uh, which you just talked about, I think we just referenced it, uh, but now Nicole uh, uh, Garati you know, mm-hmm. is over there. She was a guest uh four or five, six weeks ago. I don't know. It all runs together. Blur's day. You know, (laughs) every day is the same anymore. Blur's day. Uh, But yeah, Nicole uh, just went over there as well. So I I don't know if you, I I assume you know Nicole. So yeah. 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 Excellent. Uh, So we can get you on LinkedIn. Uh, I know you got a a Twitter. You're up on Twitter. Uh, You you run a ton of, you you publish a lot, a ton of stuff. So I I highly encourage you to do that. Any final words there, Jen, uh, for, for our groups? Yeah, just, you know, find the the value in the culture ad and take a second look at people and understand that what they bring to the table that's different and unique has a lot of value. Appreciate it. Hey, I got one final question um, and you got like 30 seconds to answer this. This has nothing to do with what we talked about just in general. I heard this yesterday. I thought it was a fascinating question. What do you think the, what what would have what do you think would have happened if we didn't have technology for this pandemic? Ooh. Yeah. You know, I can't, uh, like, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine. We would certainly be on the phone a lot, right? Well, <laughs> we well I, I, my, my response to that question was 1918, going back to the last pandemic, you, uh, know, you know, and phones weren't commonplace then either. Electricity was just coming into being automobile. I mean, the, the whole thing. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, we, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking landlines. I was thinking, yeah cords all over my house with the yeah. landlines and me, you know, like on the phone. Right. Three, it certainly three. would be a very different experience. So very <laughs> great. Can you imagine though Netflix would just have three channels on uh on our TV that turned off at midnight. We got the you know <laughs> the national the anthem. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey well, so back so in eighteen eighteen the uh, nineteen eighteen the women didn't have the right to vote either. So uh, a lot of things. Uh, they, they didn't have the right to, some of them didn't have a right to vote into the 1950s, 60s. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'd i probably, you know, be teaching my kids from home anyway. <laughs> hey, Jen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you. Good luck. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. We're going to head off into our commercials. You've been listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, we just had a great guest. What a fun yeah. session with uh, Jen Ferguson talking about culture ad. Uh, we are coming up with our new segment, uh, which is going to be Head of the Curve, Normal 2.0 with Joyce Joya. Uh, we're going to be talking about HR in Normal 2.0, and we'll continue the conversation a little bit with her about culture. She's been busy in the chat here with lots of questions. We're going to go and hear from our sponsor, Success Performance Solutions, and you'll hear a little bit more about adaptability. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. 
And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift, but do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity. To successfully navigate the shift to the new normal, each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this, others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back everyone to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Uh, we're start, we're going to have our new segment here, Ahead Yay! of the Curve. Uh, Joyce Joya is going to be joining us momentarily. <laughs> hey, hey, Joyce. Joyce. How are you? Hey, Joyce. Thrilled uh, to be here with you all. Just yeah. thrilled. So uh, I'll give a quick intro for you. You got your futurist tag up there, but you're CEO of the Herman Group. Um, been uh, we, We've we crossed paths for many years. I've been following the, the Herman trend alert uh, for years. And proof, here's my cassette. <laughs> You found it. Almost 19 years ago. This this is how we recorded this. We got on the, we got on the phone as Jen was talking about. We got on a landline. We called into a radio station up in Rhode Island at 7 a.m. It had to be like 6 a.m. for you. I think you wherever you were in Chicago or wherever you were. Yeah. Or well, we in were, North Carolina. I, yeah. yeah, we were in Greensboro, so it was okay. Eastern time. So. Yeah, so 7 a.m. Uh, they recorded it, and then it took two weeks to get this in the mail. And you talk about the new normal 2.0. That was like normal one minus 1.0. <laughs> and, uh, and now we have these. <laughs> and yeah, it's now we don't even see it. Now, <laughs> you're right. Now, literally, you know, so and then it would, it would take us a week or so to, to record these. I still have the machine. We'd put labels on it. We'd put them in envelopes. It costs us uh, whatever it costs us in postage then to get it out. And who knows if the, there was no way to know if anybody even opened it uh, or listened to it. Uh, now we've, we've got a listener base and uh, we can do this on the fly and it's real time and uh, amazing. So And we can uh, track it. And that's only that's that's less than 20 years. We're not talking about going back to our grandparents' days to, to do that. So welcome. Uh, excited about this segment. 
So. Uh, me too. And before we begin, I, I need to share something with you all. In Roger Herman's book, Turbulence, Challenges and Opportunities in the World of Work, Are You Prepared for the Future? There was an entire chapter, and we're talking 1998, ancient history, <laughs> right? Right. It was an entire chapter on the new adaptables. And what he said was, back then, that the new adaptables would be the people who would be most valued, most treasured in our workplace of the future. And here we are. Here we are. And yeah. I, I think you're perfectly positioned. I love this idea. I think anybody who is preparing a team to move into the future would do very well to get on board with your AQ. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really uh, I'm going to have Rebel. Uh, there's, actually, uh, there's actually a link and the code. Uh, hopefully, Rebel will get at uh, running across here at some point. Um, but, Joyce, you've been doing the uh, Herman Trend Alert for long as... Since 1998. Okay. <laughs> so, more than 20 years now. Um, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a long time. Um, I had done a newsletter. Mike knows it. Mike, uh, we used to, to, we, we to rebrand it for Mike. Uh, 13 years, I sent that newsletter out every Wednesday like religion. Yeah, so we did that for a very, very long time. Um, but you've been doing this uh, every week, goes out diligently. Uh, lately, you've been talking about Normal 2.0, mm -hmm. and you've been doing a series, not only about HR, but travel, transportation. Leadership. Next yeah. week, I'm going to do uh, hospitality hacks in Normal 2.0. Uh, I've, I've, I've uncovered some really interesting uh, out-of-the-box ideas that hoteliers around the world are using to make sure that they don't have to go under to fill right. those hotel rooms. So yeah, we've been, I've been looking at uh, a number of different areas and, you know, it's, I, I have such a low threshold of boredom. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I like to, I like to play in a lot of sandboxes and yeah, you two are one of the few people I can, I can email after eight 30 at night and actually, <laughs> and I say after, after 11, and get a response. Uh, <laughs> you know, m m most people are, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, in fact, we talk about doing things and they go, oh, they're in bed by 830. I go, I don't, we don't even eat dinner <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, this week, actually, this week is, it's coming out today. I'm talking about empathy in the oh, critical, wow. the, the critical nature of empathy and in normal 2.0. So we, we've got lots to talk about today and moving into the future. Okay, so we just have a, we, we actually have a few minutes. We got like seven, eight minutes here. Uh, let's talk about, um, well, we can talk about the HR, HR. in the new, in normal 2.0, uh, but can't wait to get into empathy because that comes up in every conversation we have these days. And, and people are making it a buzzword, which is a problem because then it just, yeah. Know, people say, oh yeah, I can walk in your other people's shoes. We did a we did a 15 minute exercise and now I see what we need to do. Oh, yeah, they're great. So, let's talk <laughs> oh. about the HR issues, so. So what's HR look like in, in, in normal 2.0? Well, it's different, needless to say. I mean, when you're recruiting and you're you're not sitting across the desk from someone like you were before, certainly that's very different. And interestingly, 
companies are now telling me that they can hire people from anywhere, basically in the world, as long as those people are willing to work on the schedule of the headquarters, where the headquarters is located. So that's that's a, a big change. Uh, we're also seeing- so Let me just give you yeah. one real quick example. Sure, that I was please. on my call this morning. The person who followed me was uh, VP of Digital Transformation. I think that's her title uh, at Nationwide Insurance. And that's what she was talking about and how things have changed. And what she said, they're based in Columbus, Ohio, which is yep. not the center of the universe for IT. That is, you know, they're, they're, they're basically you got the Buckeyes, you got Ohio State University, great school, but that is not Silicon Valley by any means. And to attract data scientists to an organization like that, um, now they basically, what the pandemic forced them to do is they closed a lot of their corporate offices, but now they, they realize they can hire people anywhere. Yes, they, yes, they can. Yeah. And it's it's so exciting to see that companies are now uh, in a totally different place because they can. And when you're recruiting, there's also a very important, I don't know whether you'd call it a skill or an ability, but the ability to work on one's own, the ability to, uh, you, you know, to, to be focused and get the work done in spite of the fact that the dog is barking and the kids are running around and you're feeling uh, the need to clean things up. <laughs> Adaptability, right? <laughs> well, but focus, focus, right? And one of the things that I forecast is that we will have coaches who will help people to do that focusing and to uh, apply themselves in the way that they need to, to do so. And we may have assessments, in fact, which tell us the likelihood of someone needing one of those coaches. And people may, in fact, be hiring, you know, recruiters may be looking, corporate recruiters may be looking for people who... Uh, are, have the ability to work on their own better than others. I mean, you know, it, the, mm -hmm. it's, it's a different playing field now. But recruiting is just one small piece. And I want to get into onboarding because to me, that's really the exciting thing. Because I loved what IBM used to do in Second Life. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but mm -hmm. I, I have a video of it. Uh, IBM used to onboard people from all over the world simultaneously in Second Life. Right. I had a chapter of that in my book about Second Life. Uh, I actually, a call, you probably know Tom Sampson. You know Tom? I do. Uh, he was from IMC, yeah, from Dallas. Uh, he was actually building, uh, and I don't know if he was in the same program, but he built a Second Life community. For those who don't know, it's a virtual community before we had the vision, the glass. I mean, it was early, early on. Uh, well, no, I, I think it's, know, doesn't it still exist? It's, it it's might, actually it a, might. a virtual I world. Wrote my, I wrote my book in 2008. So it was early on and there was only this kind of geeky people, you know, people going in and creating avatars. But they SMU, I think it was at Southern Methodist University, uh, they created in their MBA program a model and I don't know if they're using it for onboarding, but they were using it to create business simulations 
uh, within there. And I know Ford wow. was actually how they actually had a showroom for Ford. Right, um, right, right, Ford right, right. right. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember seeing that. And I actually gave presentations in Second Life, mm -hmm. although yeah. because, of bandwidth, <laughs> because of bandwidth, was it horrible. was <laughs> not fun. But what I would do is it's it's kind of like when I first when I performed the first online wedding for a gay couple years and years and years ago, uh, probably around 2008. I was on somebody else's computer who happened to have AOL chat installed, and I would grab uh, a, a paragraph and then dump it into the chat. <laughs> A paragraph at a time and dump it into the chat. Oh, so this was, well, yeah, that was before cameras and streaming were common. So this was all done via text, it sounds yes. like. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. oh, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to see if I can even find the chapter here. But yeah, I, I wrote a whole chapter about that back then. And, uh, and uh, Tom was the first person that took me through that. Um, and actually, and I ended up speaking because of that at the uh, at the IMC, which I know you've been involved with IMC for years. Yeah, well, actually, uh, actually, I have some amazing news to share. Um, the IMC has just awarded me the, as uh, named me as a fellow of the Institute oh. of Management Consultants. Well, I, I'm I was blown away by it. It's really yeah. well, congratulations. That's that's quite you. an honor. I mean, there, there's is, a yeah. lot of very very well respected people uh, within that group. Uh, so quite an accomplishment, Joyce. You're you're going to have to have two profiles on LinkedIn. Soon. <laughs> Well, you know, it's when when people want to introduce me on a radio show, I have to try to decide: Do I talk about the fact that I've been on television seventy times, uh, national and local television, including foreign countries, or do I talk about the fact that that I'm I've got articles in Time and Forbes and elsewhere? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's a an abundance of riches. Well. Well, and it's it's just great that we we finally, after 19 years, we figured out or 20 years, we figured out how to make this connection, uh, and and get you on, um, you know, work together, literally, literally yeah, work yeah. together on so, this. So let's get back to uh, some yeah, other. Yeah, we just have, we okay. just have a minute or two, so. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the other thing I want to talk about is a, another new concept that I've come up with with a friend named David Litwin, and I call it workification. It's the converse of gamification. Gamification is the application of game mechanics, game design, and game elements to non-game systems and processes. In other words, Bunchball and some of the other companies that will create a game for you for whatever work needs to be done. Well, my idea is that because there are so many huge installed databases of these games like Fortnite and Capture the Flag and League of Legends, why don't we find a way to incorporate work or training into those regular games? Well, it goes back to your onboarding. It, we could you know, do that too, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, onboarding is horrible. It's usually here's 25 pieces of paper you have to fill out or now digitally, let's do an electronic signature, uh, show up and they go, oh, nobody told me you were coming today. Uh, oh, your desk isn't ready. The computer equipment's not ready. Can you, why don't you hang out with Joyce for the next two days and follow her around? Uh, welcome to the new company. We're, this is a great place to work. <laughs> 
And it's a little hard to do when you're talking digital, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a whole a whole new ball game there. Um, real quickly, one other point. What, what's another point you wanted to cover? Well, Anything? yeah, uh, employee retention in these days and times is going to be very different too. And if a company does not uh, overtly exhibit that they have that really important empathy, they're not going to be able to hold on to their valued talent. People want to be appreciated. They want to work in an organization where they can do work that matters, that where it contributes to the bottom line of the organization. And I've, I've sort of uh, substituted meaningful work for, uh, for purposeful work for meaningful work. No. So, so the whole concept of purpose has, has emerged as being even more important than mission. Yeah, and we can talk about that subject at, an, at another event. Uh, but we're running out of time. Uh, really appreciate you being here for uh, the launch of our Ahead of the Curve, Normal 2.0. Uh, we'll be talking about this every week, uh, be part of this. Uh, how can people get your newsletter, first of all? They can go to hermantrendalert.com. Okay, we have that scroll. There it is. It's scrolling. And it's it's scrolling, scrolling. yep. Right. They can. Or they can go to the Herman Group uh, and website find out and click more. on Trend Alert. Okay, right. Excellent. I highly encourage everybody to, to sign up and subscribe to the newsletter. Joyce, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We'll be. Uh, this will be a regular feature, uh, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So yes. We'll, next you know. week, by the way, we're going to address leadership in Normal 2.0. Cool. Good topic. We'll, we'll talk Great. fast. <laughs> See you next week. Yes, looking forward to it. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ira. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, um, this is your third week on the show. We're getting the, the hang of it, the swing of things. Uh, great I like guest. It. Great guest. Yep. I like the new format because we can we really stay uh, pretty focused on this. Um, next week, we'll find out. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have a new president, or at least uh, it, a it's going to be an interesting show next week, just to see where we are. Are we in limbo? Are we in the middle at the beginning of court? proceedings. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. And uh, Joyce will be back uh, with our new segment. And uh, we've got uh, Josh Little, I think, is our guest next week. We're going to be talking about a new technology as actually how to how uh, talking about Zoom fatigue, talking about uh, yeah. so, another hot topic. So I'm sure we'll, we'll have contributing. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Uh, we're here every week, 1 p.m. Wednesdays, or you can find us on uh, replays on YouTube, Facebook, uh, and almost every podcast that's out there. Uh, you can easily <clears throat> find us. Uh, thanks, Michael Spermuli, for being my co-host. Great to be uh, here. Like, Looking yeah. forward to next week. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Jen Ferguson, for being a great guest today. Until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. 